Hello and welcome to our podcast, Nature News from RSBB Scotland. I'm Stephen McGee. This is where we bring you stories about nature from global news to the little things we're noticing every day. And I'm Kate Kirkwood. There's never been a time when staying in touch with nature and acting to protect it has been more important. We are keen to hear your nature news, whether it's the little moments you've experienced or your thoughts on the big issues affecting the planet. You can contact us on Twitter at RSBB Scotland or you can email us at podcast.scotland at rspb.org.uk. And please do subscribe and leave us a review because it helps other people find us in the podcast channel. Hello, welcome to the podcast. We're in Kate's shed. We are. It's it's a little bit more. Uh, it's a bit bit posher than a shed. Do you I know, have to. It's I a have, very East Lothian shed. Well, I, ha- I have to call it by its proper name. It's the garden room because I get told off for calling it the shed. Okay, it is garden. It is it is lovely, right? But uh, for our purposes today, we are joined in the shed in this confined space <laughs> by friends of the podcast, Kate and Yoho Katie. Hiya. And also David Hunt. Hello. How are we doing? Um, and the reason we're here, I'm going to let you hear the reason we're here. That is all the birds on the feeders in Kate's garden, which we can see from the shed. Yes, definitely. I have uh, placed them in uh, specific locations so that we have a really good we've view. Co- we've caught some in. And obviously the reason we're here, like in your garden mm-hmm. is to talk about big garden bird watch and in fact we'll get later on we're going to do a bit of a big garden bird watch right um and uh david's going to be growing up and help us i will do my best to tell us what we can see uh <laughs> as are you Kate, you know um but, <laughs> but uh, before we get on to that uh, as ever uh, we've got our nature news uh and we're going to start with our with our own individual nature news i will start off yeah, mine is it wax wings mm. i was really lucky i managed to get out just after christmas in a cold snap and do a bit of filming um of wax wings uh, near me in west edinburgh and it was a you know gorgeous winter sunny frosty day and they just look really special I'll put the video that came out of that trip uh into the podcast notes but just brilliant to see what and a proper proper light winter treat Really? It's been really nice. Um, there's quite a lot of birders that I follow on Twitter, and the excitement you can tell when someone's. There's, uh, there's a few birds that generate that kind of like wow, wax wings, kind of that mythical, mythical status in it, and then and then they're kind of they, the good thing about wax wings, they hang out in the most unlikely places for such a beautiful bird, like retail parks and. Yeah, well, side of a road and that. Uh, the, the ones and I don't think I give away any state secrets here the, mm-hmm. if you know Edinburgh the ones that I went to see there's a set of rowan bushes uh, well trees really uh, near the Jenner's Book Depository mm-hmm. <laughs> they're ball green right? um, and there they all were it was amazing so yeah no, that was great Kate uh, oh news. my nature news it was my first spot of this bird actually so I was wandering along the lane the other day walking the dog we were just out for a bit of a mooch and she was busy sniffing sniffing all the sniffs and out popped a gold crest and it was just hanging out on the hedge and just like popping around and I was like oh hang on a minute that has a little gold uh, crest on his head 
that's a cook. Like, I literally had one of those moments where I said out loud to the dog who, who couldn't care less, oh my goodness, that's a gold crest. And she was like, uh-huh. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, let's go home, Mum next. <laughs> so I was very excited because that's the first one I've ever seen, like, in the flesh. But it was literally for me to Dave at the moment, which is like three, four cool feet. Bird. Mm-hmm. Cool bird. Smallest? Smallest yeah. green bird, I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. get loads across here from Scandinavia in the, in the winter. Imagine that flying across the North Sea in like oh. October. Don't they have a nickname? Is it like the Woodcock Pilot or something? Is that the right? Oh, right, is it that? Because they travel at the kind of the same time. On the back of a Woodcock. On the back of a Woodcock, Yeah, there's a that. myth that they used to fly on the back of a yeah, Woodcock. Yeah, I think, yeah, because cause like, if you see that bird <laughs> that like weighs less than a pound coin or whatever, probably even less, mm. how is that going to fly over? But they yeah. do it, and I've seen like tired ones just like arrive at your feet on beaches before in the autumn. Cool bird. They mm. do very occasionally turn up on oil rigs. Really? Yeah, yeah, like yeah, having yeah. a rest halfway across. Probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You get these falls of like gold crests and hey, other we might see one today. Mm-hmm. We might. Yeah, 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 yeah. Katie, nature news. My nature news. So yesterday, Kate and I were at Loch Winnick Nature Reserve, which is a nature reserve 20 minutes outside of Glasgow, right beside the train station. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were looking at the hide and we learnt about the juvenile cormorant um, has got a white belly. So we all thought it was a penguin to start with. <laughs> <laughs> Might I just add? It is not a penguin. Experienced our SPB staff there, wondering what this was. Penguin sighted. Penguin sighted near Paisley. Mm. That, would, that would be big. That would be on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, once you'd established it wasn't a bird yeah. from the South Atlantic. <laughs> they're just amazing though, aren't yeah. they? And they're, they're, I've I, they've got adults. proper dinosaur kind of feel yeah. with them cormorants. Yeah. yeah, and they're re-stretched and everything. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, lovely. Really cool. Dave? Yeah, I mean, it's been cold this week, hasn't it? It's been cold, yeah. but um, woke up uh, earlier this week and uh, that kind of like like half asleep, like what is that sound? And it was a blackbird singing out the back and it was just that kind of feeling like, oh, okay, we're back to birds singing again, that's great. And I went out for a little look and I'd thrown some apples out on the, the grass and it, it, it came down and it was clearly the blackbird that, I don't know, this is his, his territory because I'd not seen it all winter. I'd seen like different blackbirds in the garden and now he'd come back and I'm singing and I just was like, well, it's great to hear, but like, where have you been? Where have you been? Like, now you're back. You're, I'm back to reclaim. He's been raining around in the back of a woodcock. Yeah, this is it. <laughs> but just know, it's that it's really cold. It feels like it's kind of the heart of winter, but the days are getting a little bit longer and the birds are singing again. It's all good. Yeah, absolutely. Well, look, we don't just do our own nature news. We also do, like, wider nature news. A couple of things I want to let you know about. One is uh, something that you can help with which is we currently at RSPB Scotland have a campaign ongoing about valuing the species that we have in Scotland, uh, really special birds and other animals, but also what we can do to support and to help them and the government action uh, that's really important. So you can uh, select your favourite species and get in touch with your representatives and let them know Uh, that you want more action to protect and support them. We will put links in the show notes for that. The other bit of news I wanted to let uh, folk know about was a a bit of good news, which is over Christmas, uh, there was a special Christmas visit on Mull. Uh, One of the uh, white-tailed eagle chicks that, uh, if anybody was watching the nest cams uh, from the Cairngorms Connect area that were up on uh, our website, on our YouTube channel, 
uh, there was one of the chicks, a female chick that fledged, flew all the way over to Mull and was spotted alongside Sky and Freezer, the two long-standing uh, white-tailed eagles that have, you know, produced so many broods of Mull and have been on TV and are super famous. Mm-hmm. And this bird, it turns out, the bird that hatched in the nest over on the East Coast was the great grandchild mm-hmm. of Sky and Freezer. Mm-hmm. And and Sky and Freezer date from right back, you know, at the beginning of the kind of recolonisation of Scotland by these birds. And it's just a fantastic thing to think about these networks we now have, you know, of birds and how far we've come in actually a relatively short period of time, you know, getting to, you know, what, I think 150 breeding pairs now, Mm -hmm. white-tailed eagles, you know, from a standing start. Just fantastic. Yeah, and to an eagle, kind of Scotland is, is nothing really. We think about distances, but there's now kind of eagles breeding across, across Scotland and, yeah. Uh, a few a few flaps from one of those birds and they're on the west coast and it's just it's, it's crazy to think isn't it that this this that bird has been drawn towards there and mole is this like capital of eagle goings on and there you go yeah brilliant <laughs> that is the sound of kate wiping the windows so that we can see the birds seed. So let's let's do what we set out let's to do, do properly here. Yeah, no, I can see what's better now. Out, out, out of the garden room, not the shed. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a shed with a view. A shed with a view. Um, so big garden bird watch. How does big garden bird watch work for a start? Let people know that, and then we'll work through what we can see here. Big garden bird watch season. So here we are again. It's that end of January. So this is the last weekend in January, 27th, 28th, 29th in January, and it is your chance to. Tell us and record what you've got in your garden. There's a chaffinch just landed that almost looks like it's had its makeup done. It's like it's got like a real like wow. <laughs> like a real like it's had a proper cup. glow up, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Um, big garden birdwatch. You can obviously do it in your garden. You don't need to do it in your garden. You can do it in your local green space, your local park. If you do it in away from your garden, you just need to pick an area, basically, and you can map out your little area, you can walk it, and you can kind of, you just have to select a place where you want to count those birds within. Uh, it's super easy. Have a look on the RSPB website for the what you need to do. You don't need to be an expert in birds. That's the great thing about Big Garden Bird Watch, isn't it? I, I actually think one of the really nice things about it is, and d- doing it with my kids when they were, when they were smaller, um, is it's almost the opposite. You don't want to be an expert. No. It's, a, it's a great way to engage with experts. Welcome. Yeah, yeah. No, that's yeah, fine. Yeah, that's yeah, fine. Right. That's fine. Yeah, but and, but it's a really good way to engage with the commoner birds that you might see. Yeah. The materials that you get, if you you know, if you yeah. download them, are like you make it really easy to do. Not hatch. Um, oh no, we just had a not hatch. Yeah. It's on yeah. The Oh, there isn't it. And if we're talking makeup on birds, I mean, look at that. Yeah, look at that eye stripe. Yeah, they're beautiful. Um, I am so excited by the nut hatch here. Um, but also, you're going to just find me shouting out bird names no, throughout it, this. It's absolutely you. fine. So, just to describe a nut, it has flown away. But just to describe a nut hatch for people like like bluey grey back, mm. orange uh, around the belly, orange around the face, and then that really pronounced black eye stripe that yep. really makes everything else now, ping. We were told the word for that eye stripe, and I can't remember what it is. Can you super cilium? Super cilium. Well, so super cilium is well remembered. Yeah. Brownie points for you. Pretty new in a Scotland sense as well. Like not been here for kind of that long, and kind of slowly kind of creeping 
creeping north. So if you are listening from the north of Scotland, look out for nut hatches. You might get lucky. So that would be nut hatch and a one next to it for now yeah. on our big garden bird watch. Yeah, yeah. So, so just to go back to, to cover off the basics. <laughs> Sorry, we got kind of distracted there. Well, well, you're you're going to get distracted by nut hatch. So what you do, yeah. you pick your place, whether it's your garden or wherever yeah. else it is. You can do it out your window. Yeah, you do it out your window, anything like that. Um, take notes and what you want to record is the largest number of each species that you see perched, landed, whatever, not flying over, not flying. you know, stationary in front of you at any one time. So if, for example, three nuthatches, <laughs> let's hope, come in in a bit and all perched in that fence, then our record would be three nuthatches for that purpose. Yeah. If not, it's that one nuthatch. That's really the only rule you need to, after that, yeah. after that, it's like, you know, Make sure you got, you know, a warm drink with you because it's January and knock yourself out and see what you can see. And so how long do we do it for as well? That's another key point, it's isn't hour. it? It's an hour. Yeah, so you do it for an hour and, I'd say, record the largest number of birds you see at any one time over the span of that hour. So, Kate, it's your mm, garden. It is. What, have, what do you commonly see in here and what can you see in front of you just now? Okay, so the regulars to the feeders, we've got lots and lots of blue tits. Um, we have fantastic numbers of um, house sparrows and tree sparrows. Now, Dave has uh, just taught me the uh, the difference between them, so I'm keeping my eye out for them. We've got loads of great uh, great tits. There's uh, three or four hanging about on the fence just now. Uh, loads of chaffinches. We get loads of blackbirds. We've got some fairly territorial blackbirds at the moment. I was in a meeting the other day and I had to uh, mute myself because I had about six blackbirds having a scrap <laughs> over one of the feeders. Mm. Oh, goldfinch on the feeder, yeah, yeah, and then going, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so goldfinches, um, we often get things like siskins and greenfinches coming through as well. Um, we've got robins. Oh, gosh, what else can we see? Um, we've had... I can see a dunnock right yes. now down on the stumps dunnock. there, yeah. The yeah, dunnocks yeah. are one of my favourites, mm. so just to give you a bit of a visual picture for what we're talking about. Um, I've got my desk, my office in the shed, in the garden room, sorry. Uh, I've got a window <laughs> feeder uh, and I've got some feeders on like the washing line and things looking out back towards the house. Um, and the birds are fairly messy about the feeders. So the dunnocks really love getting in and about by the um, glazed patio doors by my desk so often I can sit and just watch them and they're fairly used to me being in here by now so they don't really pay too much attention but they often come quite close so you get really really close up views of the Dunnocks just minding their own business popping about and they're really beautiful birds I really like them. I think they're very like because they're a little hedgy bird right mm -hmm. they kind of cut around hedges and mm -hmm. stuff and I think they quite often people can be particularly birders can be a wee bit dismissive about them. Like the bird, the word they're they always use in the books is skulking, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Skulking. And it's like they're not, they're, know, yeah. they're not skulking. They're just <laughs> being careful, right? And actually, when you see them, particularly this time of year when their plumage is relatively fresh, right? The the purple on their tummy is lovely. Yeah. It's I quite subtle, that. but it's really kind of nice. Grey, purple colour. I think I that's the thing. They might skulk, but they're smart. I mean, look at the look how mad the feeder is with like. You've got comings and goings of the robin, coltit there, chaffinch, and all the while the dunnock is just doing its business doing underneath, it's pick, picking yeah. up all the kind of bits of food. <laughs> it's bobbing about, it's bobbing about, it's changing terminology. <laughs> and, and, you know, if a sparrow hawk comes in over, mm -hmm. you know, through that hedge, which you never know it could do, they do something. Right? it's not going to be the dunnock that gets whacked, it's going to be one of these blue tits or great tits that's sitting out in the open so here. The yeah. one that sat on the washing line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so <laughs> in, de in defence of dunnocks, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So, like, Katie, Aye. one of the things that you, like, I've worked on quite a bit is, like, is our urban stuff, like, you know, connected with nature and urban places, right? Big Garden Birdwatch is a really good opportunity for that, right? Because it's it's pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and just to reiterate the point a lot that, like, you really don't have to know anything about birds to be able to take part in it. Like, actually, one of the best ways that I, don't, I identify bird is typing into Google their characteristics, and then you get loads of pictures up, and you can see it from that. Um, so just if you're out and about and you're not able to download the really great RSPB resources that are on the website for the um, Big Garden Bird Watch, just Google it, and you'll mm. be able to, like, work it out from that. Yeah, I think as well, like, if you're there for a wee bit of time, get some paints out get some crayons out get some felted pens out and actually just maybe try and like observe what the birds look like i think that's a really good way for getting your eye in Mm -hmm. you don't have to know what it's called you don't have Mm -hmm. to know the name of something but you can kind of uh, connect with it by looking at it by observing it and really appreciating that connection about how it moves what it feels like and that kind of connection i think is really important as well when we talk about our connections to nature and feeling engaged with it i think what one of the other things about it is it makes you focus on one thing in one place for a little period of time. And that's actually got, I mean, whatever you want to call it, whether you want want to call it mindfulness or whether you want to just call it paying attention yeah, right uh, giving you know, your brain a break as well like we have so much information all the time just actually staring at something for a while <laughs> it can make yeah. you feel quite happy <laughs> yeah yeah no I, and i think it is and it's like taking you know it's an it's an hour out it's a pleasure you know when you've got you know a three-day span to do it in whatever yeah, suits you definitely. do it so from a science point of view i mean all, all this data gets hoovered <laughs> up um is citizen science data like this, is it something we can work with? Is it something that's useful? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can't remember the number of years Big Garden Birdwatch has been going, but it is a lot. It is it is one of the longest running citizen science projects kind of in the UK of this, of this nature. And this is our kind of annual snapshot of what's going on in people's gardens. And so RSPB will do breakdowns by country and who's in, who's the movers and shakers in the top 10 and that and that kind of thing so yeah it is a it's a great way of kind of working with a a wide range of people and to show that kind of science is science is for kind of everyone and citizen science is such an important part of that kind of engagement and also what the likes of rspb Oh, not hatches back, by the way. Oh, it's gone again. Sorry. Um, great, it scared it off. Happy to be interrupted. Yeah, by, no, sorry, sorry to interrupt. Happy sorry. to be interrupted. But, by. But, and the good and the thing about kind of big garden birdwatch and citizen science is we're in a garden that's got lots of birds you might hey you might do your big garden bird watch and not see much that's still really important information yeah. to know because yeah, absence you can, is a thing as absence, much as presence yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely so you can compare to other years and it keeps that kind of it just keeps that data set rolling on so if you see one robin in your hour that you spend that one robin is contributing to something that's that's much greater yeah absolutely i think that's the definitely the thing is that the whole point of citizen science is that it's a li- the the raw data is a little bit rough a bit mm-hmm. ready and it's it's people kind of contributing to something bigger but because of the mass number the, the, the quantity of data that we gather from that this is a bit sort of scientific and and nerdy but 
because we have so much data, we get the, the anomalies, the weird things that show up, it gets smoothed off a little bit. Um, so kind of when we're thinking about what we're kind of, whether we're 100% correct with our identification and things like that, we'll obviously, there's opportunities for that to be kind of, um, what's the word, kind of smoothed out in the data and you don't necessarily see those as much. But I think, as you say, the, the idea of the absence is really important too because there are birds that have massively declined in our gardens. Mm -hmm. I lived in the city for a long, long time and we had so few starlings where I lived. I never saw starlings in my garden just because of where we were. Loads of other birds, but no starlings. So that to me was just like, oh, actually, why is it that there's no starlings? You see the occasional one but I'm not quite sure why I'm not seeing those birds. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because as a child, like a starling would have been a very common bird yeah. for me yeah, to see. Yeah, it, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and now I notice when I notice a starling, mm. you know, because I was somewhere, in fact, when I was out doing another bit of filming the other day somewhere in Edinburgh, and there were four or five, you know, doing that classic thing that starlings do along the, the ridge of a roof, mm -hmm. right? You know, just... Do, like chatting away, be really noisy. Yeah, yeah, and it's like that. That doing used to be such. <laughs> yeah, yeah, doing car alarms, doing impressions, all that stuff. Used to be such a common sound. Whereas, like you said earlier on, like so, nuthatch. When I was a kid, mm -hmm. growing up in Fife, that you would never have seen one. There were specific places in the south of Scotland you yep. could go mm -hmm. to see a nuthatch, yep. and everybody knew where they were, and and it, but it was a trip. Whereas now. Yeah, they're I mean, they're all about it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think just to kind of go, just to reiterate about the kind of citizen science nature of this, this is this is your chance to kind of get involved with what you see in your garden or your space. But going back to like the styling point, this we don't just do this because it's a nice thing to do every year. Mm. This does provide important data and indicators about the state of play with some mm. of these species. And so over time, the more and more people that do it, we can start to sort of see those trends in terms of what's up, what's down. Starlings, house sparrows, green finches in recent years, you've seen kind of um, declines with them across the UK. So yeah, so you're part, of, you're part of something bigger here. So join in and help out. And just remember as well, you don't have to have a garden to, to be able to take part. Like you can treat your green space as a garden and or a local river or canal or borrow somebody else's garden or go to allotments or something like that. And um, that information is just as important as gardens. No, it, it is. And thinking about an urban environment, there's quite a few flats I've lived in, right? Where if you sit at the back window and there's like 10 minute backs out the back mm. of it, you know, greens out the back of it. Actually, you do better than in a lot of gardens. Mm, I mean, you get, you know, you've got like a nice field of view and all that stuff and get yourself a window feeder and mm -hmm, stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's maybe one thing actually we should also talk about as well. Like, Kate has got an impressive <laughs> array of feeders out here, I, right? I what, did, did, had a bit of a shopping spree yesterday. Yeah, yeah. So um, tell it, to talk us through what you've got, right? And we'll okay. talk about feeders um, and help. So my kind of, my, every, my everyday feeders that I've had up until recently, like... Uh, since I updated them. Um, I've got a little window feeder. It's a little stick-on one that's just on my window. It's full of uh, just seed mix. Um, and I've also... Do they visit that? They do, yeah. Mine get scared of the window, the window feeder. I think possibly, because I'm usually so still in my seat 
they kind of pop up and down. The blue tits are pretty pretty big on that. Um, it's different food in it today, so they're maybe less interested. But also, there is a six five well. person yeah. stood <laughs> right next to it. Yeah. As well. yeah, to be fair, Dave is hanging right over the top of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It'll, it'll um, get some use later on. Yeah, and I've got a really nice peanut feeder um, on the washing line. It's just on the the metal pole of the washing line, which is usually absolutely covered. Uh, in various different birds. We've got some sunflower seed mix um, in a kind of um, kind of like a hopper kind of bird feeder. It's got a tray down the bottom so it just kind of fills up. Um, Coat it seem to really like that one. Yeah, and it looks like, yeah. I was just, just watching there, they have to work for that to get it yeah. out. You have to, you see how different birds cling onto it. The nuthatch was hanging onto the bracket mm-hmm. on the fence post, whereas the, the cold it was almost like, just oh, like squatting not- on it. It's in the tree. It's in the tree. Yeah, it's like gone behind. It's hiding now. Oh, oh it's gone. Um, <laughs> we will eat it. Turn excitement in the shed is, is high today. Um, we've also got like I've got um like a it's for it's for peanuts and kind of what we call buggy nibbles, um which are like suet with like lots of little insects in them, um which is like a mesh, um which is hanging in a tree, and then I've got another kind of tall long feeder as well that's full of um just this sort of feeder mix um, that you get from the RSPB. Um, and that's got a mix of different things, like loads of sunflower seeds in um, and various different other seeds that the birds really love. Um, so, yeah. Just to say now, in, in the winter, the birds are more looking for fat, so your mm. fat balls and your suet is more what they're looking for because it's yeah. so cold, but in the summer, it's the protein in the seeds and mm. things okay. like that. So this yeah. week, I mean, it got down to, I think it was about minus four, minus five yeah. last night. So this has been a hard week if you are a tiny songbird. Yeah, yeah. And the other thing, as ever with feeders, we should make clear is it's really important to keep them clean, right? Um, there's, uh, there's trichomonosis, I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, um, which is a disease which has really seriously affected finch populations, particularly green finch. There's obviously uh, bird flu, avian influenza around as well. Um, it, it's like clean them once a week. Yeah. If you can do it with specialist Especially detergent, do it. Um, if you, if not, then just like you know, hot soapy water. Mm-hmm. Get a brush. Take, get rid of all the food residue in them. I'll, mm-hmm. I, I've done a wee video about it. I'll stick it in the show notes. It shows you how to do it. But you know, get a brush. Get everything off it. Get a good clean. Dry it off. Fill it up. Stick it out. Just make it a routine. Yeah, right? absolutely. It's a bit like you don't kind of leave the dog bowl full of scraps and stuff. Like you make sure that that's clean. It's just basic good animal husbandry um, and making sure you wouldn't eat off a really manky plate that loads of other people have been eating off as well. So, well, you might do. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to comment on anyone else's eating habits. There's been times. I wouldn't. Um, it's been a busy week. I've never got trichomonosis. Well, so, yeah. exactly. But yeah, just keep it nice, hygienic. And also for yourself, when you're topping them up as well, just make sure your hands, you're washing in between as well. Oh, yeah. And the other thing I should have said, and it's in the video, but wear gloves when you're cleaning the feeders like just rubber gloves rubber that's gloves fine. fine yeah rubber gloves is yeah. fine but you know just to just absolutely looking after yourself and looking after the birds as well i want to come back just as we're finishing up here to one bird which kate is very lucky to have in her garden right which which might not be on everybody's big garden bird watch list but i was excited to see today which is tree sparrows, tree sparrows. Mm-hmm. right yeah. so chat us through how we know they're tree sparrows for a start 
these actually are in a tree as well, but that's not there. <laughs> that's not there. there that's not there. That's it. And senior, senior conservation officer, David Hunter, has made it official. Any sparrow you see in a tree is now officially a tree sparrow. So there you go. Okay, tree sparrows, right. So lots of people will be familiar with house sparrows, kind of classic urban. Um, There's one on the feeder bird. right in front of us, by the way tree sparrow right there so there we go so that looks very similar to a male house sparrow but has that kind of really prominent like black cheek and most importantly kind of an all brown cap yeah unlike the kind of gray of the house sparrow slimmer bird and they the males and females look alike unlike the house sparrows one of the big differences although you will get kind of house sparrows out in farmland they are a kind of a classic farmland bird you get them in sort of more rural locations and they hang about with other kind of cool farmland species like yellow hammers. So you won't see them if you are doing this big garden bird watch in the middle of Glasgow or Falkirk or wherever, you're unlikely to see a tree sparrow unless you're kind of out on the edge somewhere. But here, the, the place is absolutely hoaching with them, to be honest. And they are, they are a declining bird trees but lots of our kind of farmland birds in Scotland have gone and have had massive declines so tree sparrows are a great thing to look out for and their kind of their presence is a really good thing to to record but they're just a, a really nice looking bird aren't they yeah I mean look we're not into ranking birds necessarily <laughs> right because okay. it's, it's a bit it's a bit unkind but like tree sparrow with that is the little black rosette on their cheek with yeah, the contrast yeah. of the white because that's what that's yeah. the, like when I got my head around it that's yeah. what really helped me actually more than the, the different colour on the head it's yeah, like yeah. That, that that spot although there is a bit of black on the house sparrows as well the spot really pops on a tree sparrow and it's a subtler kind of brown on the back as well and it's just all round it just Quite there's something looking, about it's a clean, clean looking yeah, I, think, yeah. I think today because there's, there's snow on the ground mm. so the kind of contrast with with those kind of colours is really quite stark but they, they are, they're a, they're a snazzy looking bird, tree sparrow. They are pretty snazzy. Right, so our time here is about done and also these windows are getting really steamed up. Um, so, what have we seen today? Well, I'm going to say one thing that I've seen right. and, and throw out a wee challenge with it if that's okay. So yeah. I just saw a female goldfinch. So my challenge is to also think about the female birds because there's a lot of focus, even in ID cards, on the males because they're easier yeah. to identify and it mm -hmm. makes sense, that kind of thing. But actually, there's so many female birds that we just call little brown birds. Um, so that's what I'm going to challenge myself on this year for the Big Garden Birdwatch is looking at the female birds. No, I think it's good. not calling them wee brown birds. No, because <laughs> like, there's female chaffinches around there's here. five down yeah, underneath yeah. the female. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, yeah. they're, they're really, they're, they're not little brown birds. There's, yeah, there's, exactly. there's quite subtle coloration on them yeah. um, and the males are well the males are literally showy yeah. aren't they that's why yeah. the males have that's that coloration it's because yeah. you know it, they are literally so showing off right but the 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 kind of russety kind of you know quite subtle coloration mm. on a on a female chaffinch is absolutely lovely this one, just this one yeah. basically at that point that chaffinch like walked up to the glacier and was like yeah she, she yeah, agrees, yeah. She agrees yeah yeah yeah, yeah you should be talking about me <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they actually really stand out because most not all but most of the birds we're looking at right now the the sexes are similar mm. so we've got kind of lots of kind of similar kind of looking birds blue tits great tits robin 
Whereas the chaffinches, males and females, are obviously very different, and they actually really stand out. So it's, it's a good point. Look out for the look out for your female chaffinches. Kate, thank you for the use of the garden room. Oh, thank you for coming to visit. Yeah, it's it's been brilliant, and we've seen so much, and like really close, and getting a sense of like the personality. I think with one of the things with feeders is you get a sense of the personality of birds a bit as well, don't you? Yeah. You do, you do, and that's the that's one of the cool things about big garden bird watches. You can the recording how many you see is is obviously the most important thing, but you get an hour with the birds just to kind of hang out, and they don't mind us here. I mean, it's cold, they're hungry, but yeah, just spend an hour seeing what you can see and just kind of watching them. Like they they are totally full of characters. Chaffinch is hopping about down here at our feet, but yeah, enjoy it. Anyway, Lovely thank you, Kate. Thank you. <laughs> the message is it's very easy to do the big garden bird watch wherever you are whatever space you've got access to, just have a go at it. See how you get on. And you can let us know. Yes, please do. Please do let us know how you get on or anything else that you want us to talk about or any thoughts about the podcast at RSPB Scotland on Twitter or podcast.scotland at rspb.org.uk. And as always, please do like, subscribe and share with your friends. It really does help us find uh, new listeners, but also for others to find us in the podcast jungle. Absolutely. Anyway, we're gonna have we're gonna finish our tea. <laughs> maybe finish have, maybe have a bun. Maybe well. have a bun and watch these birds. But <laughs> thanks for listening and goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.